The college football bowl season is heating up. Last year, we went an outstanding 10-1 on our bowl predictions, including hitting three Moneyline underdog outright winners. With big games coming this weekend, act now to get a $75 discount on not only our bowl plays, but our full NFL and college football postseason package. Just Google Sharp Football, click on the website, Sharp Football Analysis, and click the blue banner up top to get access. What's going on, Sharp Football Fantasy family? It is your resident, Swami of Konami, Rich Rebar, and we have made it the penultimate week of the NFL season and really the ultimate week of the fantasy season, week 17, which is fantasy championship week out there for many of you. And if you haven't made made it to your fantasy championship, hopefully you know are still playing DFS and having some fun with, with, with sports betting that's gaining steam across the United States as well. And it is championship week here, so I had to bring in the all-in, the all-in kid. Jake Seeley. Jake, what's going on, brother? What's going on? It's been too late. This is the first time in the 2022 season. We've been doing this during the middle of the season. We did it the off season, but we had the first time during the season. And specifically for you, so it's not only just Legend of Zelda, but it's Lord of the Rings crossover Legend of Zelda, because it's actually Gandalf and Frodo instead of... So I wore a good uh, gamer shirt for you, but it's a crossover gamer shirt just for you. Yeah, I don't know if you can see behind me here that I've got a 3D printed uh, version of the the, the SNES uh, Zelda nice. on the wall here. So definitely yeah. grab that. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, sorry we missed out. We usually get together once a year. You do uh, the the Flex League drafts, which are always great, and they're an event. And it uh, for that weekend was like a mega hell weekend for flights. Like flights are getting canceled all across Every- like, the United <laughs> States. And uh, what's funny is you you. I was texting you and say, hey, you know, they canceled my flight. I can't make it. And you were like, we're really upset by it. And I was like, man, Jake's really taking this to heart. I was like, you know, he's really mad about this. And then I come to find out that you were actually going to propose to your now fiance at the time. And, now, yes. and it all lined up. And I was like, this is why he was so mad because she, her flight <laughs> got delayed and she ended up making it in. So you weren't even upset that I couldn't make it in. No, no, no. I was. I was legitimately frustrated. You still they were actually drafted online, which is disappointing. I was frustrated that you couldn't make it to hang out again, and you weren't the only one. It was actually you. Eric Young wasn't able to hang out, and somebody else, too, like three different people. And then, of course, yeah, on top of that, I'm also getting the updates that Nicole was supposed to be flying in. I'm like, I'm proposing to her on Sunday, and I'm like, this is, yeah, that was a hell of a flight weekend. Good God. Yeah, well, listen, so late congratulations, uh, semi-in-person uh, on the engagement. Uh, sorry yeah. that we missed out. I, I lost in that league last weekend. Uh, I'm, I'm cooked. There's the, there's the, the from when we got engaged. Yeah, there we go. Beautiful. Yeah, so <laughs> good, go. good new year uh, for you this year. Yes. 2022 was a big year. Obviously, 2022, before we kind of jump into some of the notes, like, uh, what what do you think about like the 2022 NFL season? Obviously, like scoring is down. It's been kind of a weird run out here. Uh, how how'd your season go? My season, it's honestly probably one of my least successful season in a long time. I guess if you call it by championships, I made playoffs in a decent amount. I got booted from the flex leagues. I didn't even make the playoffs. I, it was the, the perfect storm of things that could possibly happen because I had the points. Cause you know, in the flex leagues, not only do we do double headers, but the last playoff spot is for points regardless mm-hmm. of record. But because our friend Jeff Ratcliffe uh, lost, he had points over me, but he was in third place. He got the double negative. So he got he lost and he didn't lose the type or the median score. So he went 0-2 and, and dropped out of the playoffs. So then he bumped me for the score. Because so anyway, um, I'm only in one championship this this year. Uh, Scott Bogman and I did the IDP with J- Jamie Eisenberg. That was it's just it felt like there's a lot of frustration this year. Like the unpredictability seemed higher than normal just from, you know, we, we know that we know the top tier guys. There's very few that we can rely on every single week, but even the ones when it came to injury, when it came to the backfield timeshares, I think can be more prevalent and more frustrating. Uh, and I think that if you look at two, it's just like game by game is the running backs are just, it's more concerned. Like right now what we're dealing with the Panthers, like, there's no there's no rhyme or reason to the Panthers. They're not like, hey, we should win, so let's use Deontay Foreman. No, it's like sometimes it's Hubbard, and then it's like, hey, we're behind, so let's lose you know Foreman more. And then it's like, no, we're still going to use Hubbard. And then we're going to make it Blackshear. And then we're going to like those are the backfields this year that I really feel like dinged people in 2022. Is there's a lot of chasing messy backfields. 
Yeah, that's definitely going on this weekend too. Uh, the Buccaneers have yes. shifted into that too as well. Like they're just like are like, well, you get a drive, Rashad White, and then you have a drive, Leonard Fournette. Maybe maybe we'll give you two in a row. Sometimes we'll give right. you three. Like then we'll bring you in at the end of the game. And if you catch the game-winning touchdown, does that give you momentum? No, we're gonna go back to the other guy. Uh, all those things. Yeah, it definitely has been an interesting year. I, I think from an analyst stance, uh, it was probably one of my. I feel like when I look back at my work of the summer. It was like, I feel like I didn't do as good a job as I've done in the last couple of years. And then like, I had, I did really well, like team wise though. So I'm like, well, what the hell happened? Uh, I don't know if it was like, is, is it a testament that I'm a good player or does it, does it make me a bad player that my teams were good this year? I wonder, see, I wonder that too, because I'm getting a lot of comments on my rankings column and waiver column this week. And they're like, thanks for getting me to the championship. Thanks for getting me to the playoffs. I just missed the championship, but I got third place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's a lot. And I'm like, why aren't my teams as good? Like I, yeah. I'm following my own advice. Like how are you guys doing better with my advice? Yeah, it is kind of a, a, a an interesting di- dynamic when you find out, and it's just like anything. Like when we talk about like you know fantasy football related, is uh, what means something good for one gamer or what piece of information they 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 glommed onto like means something different for someone else and what it meant for their team. I mean, you might have put them onto one specific player that they weren't really on, and it helped out their rosters based around the construct of all the other players that they liked, right? And there's there's a lot of just just uh, not cam makers. Yeah. What, <laughs> Cam Akers is having his time. He got people there. I don't know, uh, uh, you know, how many playoff rosters had him, but if you were in the playoffs with Cam Akers, you are doing well. Uh, well, sure. the thing is, is probably the people in the playoffs are the ones that picked him up from the teams that drafted him in the fourth yes. and fifth round, like I did, and dropped him. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes that's the way it goes as well. And the pockets of production, where I always talk about, you know, we're gonna get a couple weeks away here where we're going to be looking back on the season. People are going to be citing season long numbers again and what players were did over the season, the wide receiver eight, right? This guy was the wide receiver 11, the running back nine, but like, it really is just, you know, were you in on the right moments of the season that these players were productive? And uh, those are what really always comes down to. So kind of tipping that off, is there someone you have like a, a fantasy MVP of the season? It could be based on value. Someone that helped you individually, someone you were right on. You can take it any direction you want, but uh, who's your kind of your fantasy MVP of the year? So I, I got a couple. Uh, it was going to be Jalen Hurts until he got hurt. I mean, like I had so much, and fortunately, a lot of people who followed that, that's one that I definitely got right. I said he's in contention for the number one, and I had him at three. So I had a lot of Hurts. I had a lot of Fields as the backup. So you could argue both of them, honestly. Um, but for overall pure carrying you, uh, there was, what, three bad games and i put that almost in quote because it still wasn't awful but saquon barkley man nobody wanted to believe him back mm-hmm. in the first round and you know we sat here and one of the arguments i made before the season i was like hey if brian dable is supposed to fix daniel jones and his entire offense why is nobody back in on barkley like why are we why are we passing everything to the passing game but nothing to saquon barkley so that was a big one uh i was gonna say tony pollard before he's out but i don't think that counts if he's not gonna be in your championship game does it <laughs> like can we actually say he's an mvp if you don't get to use him in your championship game so i do want to do two more special shout out cooper cup because if you take his eight games before he gets hurt, he's yep. still blowing away even Justin Jefferson in points per game. Don't count the ninth game. He got hurt in that one. But, man, Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god, as everybody loves to call him, like because there was still a skeptical situation of is it just that volume again? Is Jared Goff going to be able to sustain him again with DJ Chark if he's healthy? Is Jameson Williams going to come back into the fold? And because of all that, you know this as, much, as well as anybody does, St. Brown's draft position is nowhere near the second round it was like what fifth sixth round because Mm -hmm. of all those concerns and if you're talking about pure value some of these guys you know barkley was second he finished first round you know tyreek hill was almost a first rounder kelsey's kelsey like but for that value even just to go from the sixth to the second round i mean that's that you know that's a giant gap i mean there's a reason the rb dead zone is in the fifth sixth seventh round range because there's a lot of misses in that area to get mr i think Overall, I would have to say because Hertz got hurt, I would go with the Monrose Brown. Yeah, I love that. Those were all guys actually I had good, strong conviction on too as well this offseason. Right. Uh, I was really nervous because one of my things was like it was ludicrous that Lamar Jackson was going over Jalen Hurts. And when Jalen, when Lamar had those first three weeks of the season, I was like, uh oh. Uh oh. This ain't looking good at all. And uh, luckily we swung around and, and fortune hit there. But I was really scared. Those I was like, oh, Lamar's about to drop a, a, a nuke on the season here this first month. But uh, 
yeah, those are all great ones. And yeah, it's it's easy to forget because of the injury and injuries happen. But like Cooper Cup was having a ridiculous season in a climate, an offensive climate that was just a nightmare. I Trash. mean, there was nobody doing anything in that Rams offense outside of Cooper Cup at that point. Matthew Stafford was in the weeds. Allen Robinson was just DOA. Ugh. We talked about the, the running, the running backs were doing absolutely nothing. And Cooper Cup was sat here just rattling off production like he was a year ago. So get better Cooper cup. Uh, you know, we missed you towards the end of the season for sure. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was my first pick in the flex league. So uh, that's, that's when my season started going downhill. Yeah. You know, I was, I was really bullish on Saquon too. Uh, and a lot of my teams this year started, uh, in the back half. If I had, a, had any type of draft choice, I always told people that I wanted to pick in the back quarter because you could get Saquon plus an elite wide receiver. And I was really worried about yeah. the, the, the tier of wide receiver drop-offs. And I had a lot of Saquon Diggs teams and Diggs, unfortunately, these last two weeks really crushed a lot of those rosters. But uh, yeah, those are those are great choices, though. I love all those. Uh, Josh Jacobs would be another guy, too. Unfortunately, he doesn't get the MVP status because of what has happened the last two weeks. But right. what a, he basically was the value pick of the summer, no matter how you draft. Uh, how you draft it's just unfortunate that what happens in the playoffs he said the right pockets of production um let me tee off here too i won't even follow like the show sheet in order but because one of that like the pot right right pockets of production right now has been a lot of these like all year all we've did is dunk on the tight end position like we've just like (laughs) man this the tight end tight ends are stupid tight ends are awful it's travis kelsey there's nobody else and these first two playoff weeks the, the tight ends are what's carrying all these rosters. I mean, George Kittle's come back from the grave uh, with no Debo Samuel, and his splits career-wise with Debo Samuel are just ridiculous. Uh, Tyler, the ghost of Tyler Higby is back and has caught a touchdown in both playoff games. I don't know who the hell started him in that first one on Monday night. Uh, no. um, <laughs> TJ Hawkinson, Evan Ingram. I mean, how, how frustrating is it have to be you seeing Evan Ingram finally used uh, correctly uh, after watching as, him for, for the Giants? As a pass catcher? <laughs> yeah, as a pass catcher. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, now those guys actually outperformed Kelsey, who wasn't bad. If you had Kelsey on your rosters in the playoffs, it's not like he performed poorly. It's just if you ran into one of these hot guys, they may have beaten you. So I want to circle back here because Travis Kelsey – obviously was so dominant over the course of the season. He was such a leverage play this year. TJ Hawkins mm. now is the tight end two, and he's only had 68% of the points Travis Kelsey scored. But the yeah. teams, probably the non-Kelsey teams, had more success, and it's a onesie position. You know, How much of a priority is it going to be, is Travis Kelsey going to be for you coming into next year? Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up that there's a lot of bullet points kind of in there that I would I would include with Travis Kelsey uh, well the first would be like you know this uh, it's not just and I know there's something we're going to be talking about but they ban kickers but I've been for years then like there's a couple different things one of them has also been over the past five years is ban tight end only like make it tight mm-hmm. end slash wide receiver don't include running back just include wide receiver and everybody's like nobody starts a tight end I was like one of the years, two years ago, when Waller had his breakout season because the guy got a value on Darren Waller. He started actually started Kelsey and Waller in the flex spot like the entire year. We're starting two tight ends. So I'm just saying it opens up the conversation, and it's not like you're starting a wide receiver all the time. You're opening the conversation to a Romeo Dobbs versus a Tyler Higby. Like, that's the conversation you're having, especially during the buys. I just want to throw that out. But the reason I kind of I wanted to bring that in is because, as you mentioned, Kelsey's – the enormous gap over number two and now he's doubled up mark andrews now at this point who was the number two off the board it works in years like this and i bring mark andrews and darren waller into the conversation because i said it doesn't work in the years where they're right on his heels because you invest that first round capital even at the end of the first round and i always tell people if you want to take them go right ahead i'm just never going to do it just because if you have another tight end or even two or three tight ends the one year it was waller and kittle uh, and then Mark Andrews last year, and I forget, it wasn't somebody was right on his heels too with Andrews on Andrews' heels, not on Kelsey's heels. But you get my point. Is if he doesn't have that enormous gap, and it doesn't even have to be seventy percent; it could just be forty percent. If he doesn't have that, if he has a Kelsey year from like two years ago, where it's like ninety percent of Kelsey, and then the next person's like what point five points per game behind him you've lost that edge and then you've also given up what you gave up at running back or wide receiver so it works but it's kind of like what people have been talking about for zero rb it works if it works but if it doesn't you've put yourself in a hole and that's kind of how i put it it's like it could definitely work but just like everything else 
it, it like you could have things go wrong where now you're sitting really in a hole. Like if you went zero RB and your first two running backs were Cam Akers, you didn't make the playoffs. And then if another one was like, you took the shot that J.K. Dobbins could stay healthy, and you took them in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, or whatever it is, or even waited a little bit longer, you're not even in the playoffs to benefit from it. So it can work. It's just I'm never going to do it just because I don't like what you sacrifice, especially when you talk about it. The top tier at wide receiver that's still there at the end of the first round, I'm just going to hit that. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, too. And uh, I love that you brought up, too, about the the wide receiver tight end position. Because uh, one of the reasons I think it's not about just getting rid of tight ends. It's, it's for fantasy football is we don't want to play in any league that forces us to inherently start bad players. Because we're going to naturally right. get there on our own through injuries and, like, bad draft picks. But don't start it off where, like, half of your league inherently has to take a bad player, right? And you're, like, they're just bad fantasy players in general. Like, when you get to, like, tight end eight in your draft, that's a bad fantasy football garbage. player. Like it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's a bad fantasy player. It's not just a bad tight end. It's a bad fantasy football player, and they have to start him. That's why I love that you bring it up. Uh, bring up the wide receiver. The tight best end. representation of that, and you those because we did auction for flex the one year, is you play in an auction and you'll see it. Is like once you get to tight end eight, it's like you go one dollar and somebody goes two, and you're like I'm out. Like that. <laughs> that's the perfect example of like what. Like just give me a dollar tight end somewhere, and I don't even care at this point. If you don't even care about half the players starting in the league, that should tell you about the position. Yeah, and uh, it's it's one of things like don't don't just make me have to start a bad player. Give me the, at least the option because people are like, well, you're gonna end up playing like Chuba Hubbard anyways, and with your flex spot or like you said Romeo Dobbs, and it's like, well, yeah, that's a that's my choice though. That's like my right. own inherent decision to to, to, right. to choose. I'm choosing to play one of those other players, a uh, Greg Dortch or something. But like, don't make so, me have to play uh, a player that we know isn't even good to begin with in the spectrum of fantasy football. hundred <laughs> percent. So that kind of leads me to the next thing is you started the the hashtag band kickers movement, which I do support, by the way. Uh, I definitely <laughs> do. Uh, just add more flex leaks again. The, 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 keep adding flex. Spot. Yes. Replace it with a flex spot. Don't just eliminate it. Replace yeah, it don't eliminate it. But I threw out a take about a month ago that I actually I believe team defense is the worst fantasy position. It's worse than kicker. It's worse than tight end. I'll let you have a moment to just dunk on me and tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, but really speak on you know adding flex spots so you're not wrong for how the default dst is scored it's that's so i'm with you and this is one of the things i write about in the offseason where i have to like my best settings i put that on quotes because you can play however you want if you want to play with three kicker spots yeah, and go play it. with cd carter go right ahead like i don't like this is you're supposed to enjoy fantasy football if yeah. you want to play with three tight ends like what but what I bring up in the article is we don't have to get rid of D D DST is we have to reconfigure the scoring. This is an antiquated scoring from what, 30 years ago that we're still running here. And what I've done, and you'll see because you're in the flex leagues, is like give points for holding teams under 300 yards. Give points for forcing a three and out, for forcing a fourth down conversion that didn't convert. Like all these things. And then you take away some of the touchdown variance. So like for me, uh, you know, I, I give five points for all touchdowns, running backs, wide receivers, defenses, all like it's all to and give a little bit more boost to the yards. And what ends up happening in the flex leagues, and this is why I recommend it, is it kind of turns into tight end, but like where we just dunked all over tight ends. <laughs> the good thing about defenses is where it turns it into. So it's like you've had like two or three elite defenses. And then you have a bunch that are kind of like, you know what, I can play mix and match. Like you can do the Cole Komet, Darren Wallers, whatever's of the world. And those are kind of like the others that are kind of mixed. And then you have the flyers that you're just, okay, this is a matchup play. I'm going to take the chance here. And you kind of get a tight end score every single week. So I agree with you, but I think it could be fixed. So that's what I say. And then a hundred percent, as you mentioned, the flex spot in general, whether or not, like, even if you keep kickers, even if you keep defenses, whatever it is, just add another flex. Like, so two running backs, three wide receivers, and another flex, not two wide receivers. Please go to three wide receivers and then add a second flex because, I mean, you know this as well as anybody does. I'm writing the waiver article, and still, I, I, I jokingly said this on my podcast. I said, I should just call it the Tyler Algier article because i've been writing him up since week one he was there the entire year and never got past 60 percent on yahoo until finally this past week and it's like how is this possible why is because algier and hubbard and dobbs and you know all those kind of it's because they're just hanging out on waivers those that's the talent is way too good to be sitting out there so yes on the flex spot completely agree 
Yeah, and uh, I, I get a lot of pushback sometimes when we talk about adding flex spots to leagues, but I will encourage anyone uh, to explore it is that you just have a lot more variance in your draft, right? Like by the time, and you know, you do a lot of drafts like I do. Mm-hmm. I, I can basically tell you, I can just tell you how like a draft board goes, right? By the time we get to August, like in a traditional yeah. league. I know exactly yeah. how the team's drafted. I know where players went off the board. But when you add flex spots, you encourage teams to go a little more off script, right? They're going to try different things. They're going to try different team builds. They're going to go uh, in different directions a lot more differently than they would in your traditional, I'm starting two running backs. I'm starting three wide receivers, right? I know I'm going to get these spots filled and I know what I'm attacking, but you can have the flexibility to kind of, you know, you know, not to, to pull a John Daigle and yeah. flex leagues and start yeah. six straight wide receivers. Yeah. You have the luxury and, and I, it's going to make the draft experience better for a lot of people. I know that, uh, you know, that's my biggest uh, testament to it is it makes drafts more unique. Yes. hundred percent agree. I, I actually, I, I recommend this only for people that really, really want to have some fun. I, and like one of your five leagues to play in. I, I don't know if you've ever done it, but I play in a league that's one quarterback, one running back, two wide yeah. receivers, and then not even a tight end spot, seven flex spots. Mm-hmm. Well, one's, one's a super flex. So six flex and one super yep. flex. And it's like, I mean, you want to talk about build the team however you damn well please. I mean, you could start five running backs if you felt like it. Yeah, because that's the greatest thing. When you're in a snake, a traditional snake draft and, you know, you're looking at the board and I'm, I'm on the clock and, and, hey, Jake's after me and, you know, Daigle's after him and they've already filled their running back spots. Uh, I know I can use that to my advantage, right? I don't have to right. take a running back. I can, ch- I can catch that coming back. But in those leagues, it's kind of it's kind of wild west and it makes it just inherently more fun uh, yeah. in how teams build. Uh, I would encourage teams that to, to de- are definitely, you know, gamers to explore you know, adding some more versatility to those lineups. Definitely this offseason. Have some fun with it. And like Jake said, it's not us soapboxing and saying you have to do this. Play whatever you enjoy, enjoy. Uh, do that. We're just giving you some more options. Let's actually talk about some uh, some football this week. There's football being played. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> um, you know, I assume that most of the teams now, like week 17, like don't really like genuinely need us outside of maybe like a, a decision or two. <laughs> like obviously you've gotten here with a really good team and you're probably going to play a lot of those players this week. But. We have kind of some chaos in motion here already. You know, we're the NFL added a week last year, and now we're already seeing like it used to be teams would be like, well, we're gonna rest guys the week 17 of the season. Now they're doing that with week 18 still next, like, yeah. in play. Um, there's really nothing we can do about it as from a fantasy community because buys go to week 14 now, and you yeah. can't bump anything up because if we would have bumped up to week 14 this year, 14. six teams would have been on buy. What would we have accomplished? So. We already know coming into Thursday, there's no Derrick Henry. This show is going to come out Friday, so we won't get in the weeds on what's playing Hassan Haskins or what you're going to do with Josh Dobbs or anyone in this Titans <laughs> situation. But let's assume I'm a Derrick Henry gamer, and I did I couldn't get Hassan Haskins. Let's talk about some you know running back fill-ins this week that maybe were on benches, were on waivers. Who are some running backs that we're looking at this week that could easily slide in and maybe bring home a title for us? Do we talk about Cam Akers right off the top right yeah, here? Because I mean, it's it's Cam Akers time. I mean, this is what we were waiting for. A good matchup mm-hmm. with the Chargers. Uh, better get or they're better against the pass than the run. If you got here with him, you that's the thing is you say on the bench, you didn't use him the first game. You probably didn't use him the second game because you're like, yeah, I don't know. It could just be the one thing and they could go back to Kyron Williams and it's Sean McVay and this it's Baker Mayfield and the team's tra- we're now here. He's top 10 he's top five he's the number one running back from week 16 like it's cam Akers time whether or not you want to believe it and i think you can get him out there i think if you're also looking at benches i brought up tyler algier these back-to-back weeks huge games rb8 in the back-to-back games and desmond ritter makes the offense function a little bit better good matchup for him as well and i think that if you need him uh we'll go a little bit deeper is this one you probably tried to play matchups with and I was going to go Brian Robinson even before the Antonio Gibson news. If Antonio Gibson's out, this is like smash. Like, like Cleveland Browns, you run against them. Like the Cleveland Browns' pass defense is good, but because of how terrible they are against the run, it kind of makes them look great as a pass defense. It's kind of like the inverse of the Titans. The Titans are so terrible against the pass that their good run defense looks great. And so if you're talking about Carson Wentz being back at quarterback, just run the ball. Just run the ball 25 times with Brian Robinson. So I like those. And then if I had to really go, I can't believe I'm about to do this one. I I, I hated the guy. 
Hated him. Never wanted to use him. I never wanted to touch that backfield because it's Josh Allen's backfield. Don't mess with the running backs back there. And then things cleared out. We're like, oh, Singletary was fun at the end of the year. Well, now Zach Moss is running for the Indianapolis Colts, and he gets the New York Giants run defense. It's not safe. It could go sideways in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. uh, Deion Jackson was inexplicably basically benched for that fumble from two weeks ago now. But if you need a running back, I mean, the Giants can't stop the run. They're, they're, no. they're one that I... I, I can't believe I would pin my hopes on Zach Moss, but you might have to. Yeah, the Giants are allowing the, the most yards before contact on running back carries. Uh, the Vikings immediately got away from Dalvin Cook in that game, which was interesting last which week. Just made thought, no sense. I thought it would be a bounce back spot for Dalvin, uh, but they just are, are not even trying to run the football right now. I love all of those names, though. Uh, Tyler Algier. Uh, we've so inherently we've known like this is a great running back environment the Falcons like they've run the yeah. football all season and they've run it on everybody I mean look at all the matchups that they've had I mean they faced the Ravens last week they ran all over them the only thing that's really slowed us down is that it's been kind of a 50-50 split and has been since Patterson came back uh, in week nine but the last two weeks two weeks Algier has really kind of flipped and it could just be a thing where they're just trying to see going into the offseason right we don't know at this time of year like what the mentality is for some of these teams maybe they want to know well if we give Algier more run what do we really have but uh anytime that you can get a backfield that's this good running the football and Carolina you brought up too is like that like they're running the ball so well if we just know who's getting the touches we're great yeah. And that's kind of where we are, you know, as a home favorite with him. And that's where that's why I'm terrified of them yeah. against the Buccaneers <laughs> is because it's the Bucks. And what are they going to do? Are they going to go back to Chuba Hubbard like they did two weeks ago? Or are they going to go last week where it was just everybody and everybody's great at that one? Terrified. I, I hate to say it, but I would go Zach Moss over both Carolina backs this week just for the safety. If I needed the home run play, I'd probably risk Deonta Foreman. But ugh. yeah, you look at uh, since Steve Wilkes came back. Carolina, they have, look at these like weeks they have rushing. They have 173, 169, 232, 185, 223, 320 rushing yards as a team. But then they have three weeks scattered in here, right? Like it's, right? Uh, it's you know, 64 rushing yards, 36 rushing yards, 21 yards as a team, not per player, like mixed right. in here. So it's like the, uh, what is it? The super troopers meme where like he's, he, he shoots the, the thing and like, He's like, well, what about that guy over here? He's like, oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that one. That's kind of what the Panthers are when you look at them. <laughs> but the Falcons really, are, are yeah. not like that. The Falcons, you just go up yeah. and down the board. Like, they've run on everybody. And they're home Even favorites. when they're down 30 to nothing. Yeah. They don't care. <laughs> they're like, we're going to run. Yeah, I love that. And then Brian Robinson, like you said, home favorite. Just easy kind of call, especially if Gibson's out. Uh, and then, like you said, Akers. And Akers has been good for a month. It's not just like he'd had the Christmas thing. Obviously, that was the crescendo, the three-touchdown game. But Akers has been really good for a month out now, and you're getting this Chargers matchup. So, yeah, I love all of those calls. And th this is it, man. It's not, it's not, these don't have to be the guys that got you to the season so far, but they're going to be the guys that are contributing to, to hopefully winning those titles for us. Um, let me bring up two. You did bring up a guy that I'm interested in your take on this week, uh, and that's Zonovan Knight. Obviously, a lot of people were in on Zonovan Knight. And then obviously the rug got pulled on us the last two weeks and he's been absolutely a pumpkin, but we're getting Mike white back. So from a top down perspective, talk to me just about the jets in general. Like how confident are you in Mike white as a streamer going back to Zonovan night is maybe an RB two flex. And then like, you know, obviously people are going to be playing Garrett Wilson, but does it boost up anyone else in the jets offense? Like Elijah Moore for you. Yeah. So I actually saved Zonovan night because I knew you were asking me about the jets. So that's, right. this is, this is very simple. Uh, all you need to know is he's run like hell, like good with Mike white five yards per carry, by the way, in those three games, all 10 targets he's caught for 10 receptions for 68 yards. If you want the simple math of what that equates to in fancy points per game, half 13.6 fancy points per game in the two Zach Wilson games, 19 for 21 on the ground, one reception for 15 yards and 2.1 fantasy points per game. It's as miserable as you get. I would go back to Zonovan Knight. I can't recommend it just because, like, I'll make the comparison. So three weeks ago, the first time the Giants faced Washington, when it was a fearsome run defense, it's kind of, it's still a scary run defense, but it, it was really strong at that point. Like, that was one where, like, ooh, people were like, do I bench Saquon Barkley? He's not 100%. And like, like, I can't do it. I'm not benching Saquon Barkley. And he saved his day with a touchdown. It wasn't a great rushing day, but he saved his day with a touchdown. And then, of course, he went off of him the second time. But I'm bringing up Josh Jacobs to say that. We now have Jared Stidham at quarterback. 
Josh Jacobs is facing the 49ers, who has not let a single running back get like 80 yards. He could save his day with a touchdown. But if somebody out there was like, look, I'm not, screw you, Jake. I'm going Zonovan Knight over Josh Jacobs. I'd be like, okay. Like, I, I, like I'm not going to argue that hard. Like, I still wouldn't do it in my gut because I wouldn't want to see Josh Jacobs on my bench. But I'm putting that out there to say that, like, I think Zonovan Knight is back in play as a strong RB2 option. Um, Garrett Wilson is obviously a smash. Uh, all you need to know is that averages 10 Tar- 10 targets, 6.3 receptions, and 112 yards per game with Mike White, even while facing Buffalo. The concern I have is after that. You said anybody else, and that's really where you're going. Yeah. Um, Corey Davis being healthy worries me. Like, I would like to see Elijah Moore, but Corey Davis had the good game two weeks ago, or the second game. The second game with Mike White, Corey Davis had the game, and then Elijah Moore had the week after that. So I don't know that we can guarantee it's going to be one or the other. I think. The interesting play is to go back to our wonderful tight end conversation is Tyler Conklin's back in the mix. Like, so I think that would be the interesting one. But yeah, Zy- Mike White also, uh, you to go back to that part of it too, I think he's an interesting streamer. I have him in the mix with like Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. And I think all three of those are in the conversation to play over Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady at this point. Like, I probably go Daniel Jones and then they're all in the mix together. But if you wanted to play Mike White over Tom Brady, like how can you argue against that at this point? Right, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm I'm pretty much done watching the Buccaneers football. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a terrible experience, except for the final two minutes. It, it's amazing to me that they could be the worst offense for 58 minutes and somehow just like we need to score two the, twice in two minutes and we'll do the that. NFL pass was made for Buccaneers games. Like to be able to watch that in the 30 minutes <laughs> plus, like like just to get through that is like the best thing ever. Oh gosh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Especially when you don't have time on Christmas and you got to get back to it. Uh, yeah, one of you brought up uh, the Jacobs or Sport. I say one of my my favorite nuggets from the season is the 49ers have only allowed 100 yard total yards the one running back this season and uh he plays for them right now so <laughs> that's a, and a lot of that came receiving so there you go yeah that's pretty fun uh yeah so it looks like right now Jalen Hurts has a chance to play we're recording mm-hmm. this Thursday and he, he's practicing and it looks good um so let's say we're holding on to hope that Jalen Hurts plays but if I have Jalen Hurts and you know I'm, I'm still in the bag streaming or if you just made it here streaming in general are there any you know quarterbacks to target for you this week anyone you're looking at uh, outside of Mike White I'd say even with the Saints getting healthy I would still go to Gardner Minshew um, I think Gardner Minshew is potentially playing himself into a starting job next year on a, like if you're talking about the Jets situation maybe even the Giants situation all these other ones I think it Gardner Minshew, you can't tell me he's not at least a top 20 quarterback in the NFL. Like, he makes some mistakes, but the same thing that Gardner Minshew does is the same thing that Taylor Heineke does is the same thing that Jameis Winston does is, at least for fantasy purposes, it's good because they go balls out. Like, they don't yeah. care. Like, they are going to throw stupid passes to try and make big plays and win games, but you know what? For fantasy, even with the interceptions, it's good. So I, I know the Saints have been getting healthier and better. Um, but I still would go Gardner Minshew. I mentioned Daniel Jones. The only concern I have about Daniel Jones is that it's basically, and I think they should on paper, we, they should easily take care of the Colts. Yeah. But when the game is on his shoulders, he goes sideways. Like if Daniel Jones isn't asked to win the game, he's great. He's a top 10 quarterback in fantasy, but it's when it's on his shoulders as he fails. So yeah, I would say um mike white daniel jones gardner Minshew. Minshew is the obvious one if you could just wait and nobody picked them up last week because that's gives you your answer right there being able to wait yeah. for jalen hurts and then uh, i would say brock purdy I, I think that's a good spot for him he's actually got just slightly higher percentage of explosive plays than g mcgropolo the offense hasn't changed much with purdy at quarterback i think a lot of people are shocked including myself i'll give you the deep one it's like Call me crazy. I want to get your take on this, Rich. Call me crazy. And I know it's a one-game sample. It was his best game of the year. But facing the Chiefs, you get rid of Hackett, and you just get that. The entire team has that weight lifted off. Of, I'm not saying start Russell Wilson, but if you're desperate, I would start him over. Put it this way, Rich. I would start him over Geno Smith right now. The way Ooh. that Geno's been playing. The way that Geno's been playing the past couple weeks going against that Jets defense, I would play Russell Wilson. Yeah, Gino's probably a guy, and I don't know if they, you know, game or stream for him last week against the Chiefs, but if they survive, he's definitely a guy I'd be looking to make a pivot from, even maybe in two QB leagues, too, if you are 
you know, looking at that Jets match where you're staring down that gun barrel. Russ is, is tough, man. It's tough. He was – because in, in Arrowhead is what scares me. Uh, sure. You know, this time of the year, like, the, you know, teams don't go into Arrowhead and really score a lot of points. Uh, that's what worries me. Uh, but, man, it would be something. I mean, man, Christmas, what a terrible run out for us. I mean, it looks like it's such a toxic environment. Um, I'm actually pulling up the weather right now to see. Do we have the weather for – hey, 53 and partly no. cloudy. There it is. Yeah, Purdy's a great one. Um, let me ask you, how, how confident are you? Listen, we've been picking on this Vikings defense for months. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> this dude has played. We've ha- we've done this before. He's played the Lions. Hell, he just played the Dolphins last week, who were getting flooded by opposing quarterbacks. Uh, he's played the Bears twice. He's played the Titans, and he's never gotten there for us. I mean, are you entertaining Aaron Rodgers at all? He's in the mix with Mike White for me. Uh, I think if you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, this is uh, honestly, what's the conversation difference between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson right now? Like, you know, you could get 20 points if everything goes right, but the opportunities when that has happened have been very slim. Actually, the funny thing is Aaron Rodgers worst game and granted that's way back in week one, but his worst game this year was against the Vikings. That's the worst game he's had this year is 3.7 points. Well, depending on your site, but you know, the thumb, whether that's still a- acting up, whether he's getting all ornery about his hand signals and Christian Watson doesn't know what the hell this means and if he should be stealing third base and, like, whatever's <laughs> going on. Like, I, I just, you know, Aaron Rodgers and this mix, I think a lot of it's just young wide receivers are asking to be – there's just a lot on their shoulders. I say Aaron Rodgers with Christian Watson – I would play over Russ. I would play over Tom Brady. I think I'd put him in the conversation with Daniel Jones and Gardner Minshew. With no Christian Watson, I still really like. I think Lazard and Dobbs become must-starts against the Vikings. But I just feel a little less confident just because you're taking away one of his weapons. And the only area the Vikings are somewhat capable in pass defense is against slot wide receivers. And Randall Cobb is his boy. If you take Cobb away, like, does that really mess with them? So I'm not saying it's going to happen. But you asked confidence level, and I think confidence <laughs> level, I don't really have any different confidence level of Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson versus Geno Smith at this point. Yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, it's the same thing with Brady, right? Like, we're 17 weeks in. Like, we can't we can't just keep punching the same hole, right? Like, <laughs> just, just like, yeah. keep slamming Brady into lineups and watching him do throw one touchdown. Yeah, uh, you know, the you, you already showed us who you were. Like, it's yep. okay. Uh, you brought up Christian Watson, and as we record this, he, you know, he was – Supposedly rumored to going to practice today on Thursday, and then uh, he ended up not practicing today for Matt Lafleur. So I don't know if that was if he had like a setback post stretch or what. But assuming Christian Watson's out, and if he's in, obviously people are going to go back to him. But uh, do you do you have a, a preference between uh, Lazard or Dobbs? I actually like both of them, just period. Uh, but I would still lean Lazard slightly. Lazard was the guy this entire year. Actually, that's one to go back to. Not an MVP, but like. Uh, at the beginning of the season, everybody's like, well, who is it going to be Watson if he's ready? If it's going to be like, and you know, all these Samari Torre can be the surprise. And I was, like, I was like, the answer's staring us in the face. Like Lazard was, had more end zone targets than Devonte Adams did last year. Like the answer is right there. It's Lazard. That being said, there's been this connection that you see uh, with Dobbs and Aaron Rodgers and with Watson and Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know if he's pivoting away from them just because Lazard is a limited talent. Uh, their ceilings are higher. Um, but I would still go Lazard for the safety. That first game back for Dobbs was one game. I would not, you know, I think he becomes a must-play with no Christian Watson. But I would still go Lazard slightly over. And for you talked about, we're going to talk a little DFS too. I think Lazard is a, a nice DFS play if there's no Watson as well. Honestly, if you want to throw them both in your lineup, but I, I would go Lazard slightly over Dobbs. Yeah, I think even if Watson plays, Lazard's in a really good spot. Yes, uh, the yeah. Vikings have have really tried to. F- figure out like what the hell they're going to do going into the postseason, And they've started to make a lot of adjustments over the past three weeks. Uh, they're playing man coverage at the fourth highest rate. They're just trying to get pressure, right? They know they're not stopping anyone in the past game. So they're literally just saying, well, if we're not going to stop anyone, we might as well just try to force them into some bad decisions. And it's kind of worked a little bit. Like they've gotten some interceptions and stuff off of creating pressures, but they were 31st in the NFL in man coverage rate prior to that. And uh, Lazard just has ginormous like man coverage versus own coverage splits. So uh, I think even if Watson plays, it could be even a better thing if you're trying to get like Lazard as like a into into like DFS tournament lineups or even your just regular lineups if you've been holding him and he's yeah. more of like a fringe flexy type of guy. I think he's supremely a definite wide receiver three plus this week. Um, and we've got some interesting guys in some this week's. You know, I didn't put this you know on the show sheet or anything for you, but 
wide receiver this week has some very interesting matchups. Uh, we can talk about it real fast. Like if you have, obviously Devontae Adams has been not productive the past three weeks, but if you have him, what are you doing? You know, with him, you've got, you brought the Jets matchup. We've got DK and Lockett versus the Jets. Uh, you know, some of these guys, I mean, where's your confidence level in some of these plays this week? I would say DK, I have more confidence than Adams, but who I still think Adams has the higher ceiling than DK Metcalf. Oh, no, they're, I think they're very close. Uh, Lockett, I'm just like, I know they said that he was catching passes and looks fine. I'm just still a little leery and worried about it. I'm not that worried. Like, if you told me Lockett's 100% healthy, it's an overall bad matchup for Geno, but I think DK and Lockett could both still have something happen because you know this is for everybody out there. Sauce Gardner, 85% of the time he's on the left. He is a side of the field corner. He's not a traveling corner. Just so you can get man either. Yeah, and you can get away from him. You can get DK away from him. You can get Lockett. Now, they're going to obviously avoid him the entire game, but this is the whole reason that uh, I went to when we we're talking about obviously the weather was a huge play, but the, one of the reasons I was also very off of Zay Jones is because he plays, spends more time outside than Christian Kirk does, and he's going to get Sauce Gardner at times. So I would say all three of them have that similar boomer bust. I think they kind of come into another one we could talk about is Teddy Bridgewater is now at quarterback. Um, they they have more volatility than they normally had. So if you're looking at it, I think Keenan Allen brings a safer floor than all of them. But I find it hard to get away from Devontae Adams, even with Stidham. Uh, it, I guess Stidham would probably just have to target him 15 times to get him 100 <laughs> yards because he only throws it five yards at a time. Uh, but the like the Metcalf and Lockett, I'm, I'm less concerned about Metcalf. I think I would have Metcalf out there. And we're talking DFS, too. I think that's what makes Metcalf kind of like an intriguing tournament play is I think a lot of people are just going to stay away. Um, and for tournament purposes, I actually kind of like this Jets-Seattle game to stack against because I think a lot of people are going to go Jets with it and they're going to see Garrett Wilson. They're going to play Conklin, but I don't know how many people are going to be like, oh yeah, let's get DK in there. Let's get Lockett in there. And if you bring them back and Gino has one of his games like he did earlier this year, like when he was getting two or three touchdowns a week, I mean, you might, boom, there, you're right there. You're playing, you're getting the popular play, but you're bringing it back in a, like basically like kind of a, a, a way that most people won't. A lot of people probably won't be bringing it back with Metcalf. Oh, no, no, definitely not. And uh, definitely not Gino. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, oh. definitely not Gino. I, I wanna, it it is a Gino far. revenge game, uh, I guess. Uh, I guess it counts, right? It's, revenge it's, narrative, yeah. yeah I we guess can it bring does. in the, the week 17 revenge narrative. Um, <laughs> I, I, so I'll take it. That's probably, you probably have that one circled as like your sneaky kind of game of the week. Uh, what's, what's kind of like overall, like you believe is going to be like the, your favorite game of the week or just most popular, wherever you want to take it? I think you already touched on Minnesota Green Bay. I think a lot of people are going to be heavy on that. And, you know, you look for Thielen to get back in the end zone. But, I mean, Jefferson and then a bring back with two or th- probably, yeah, two. I'd say two wide receivers bring back with the Packers on that side, whether or not it's Watson, Lazard is part of it. So it's either Watson, Lazard, or Lazard, Dobbs. I think Minnesota will be a heavy play. Uh, very interesting, too, if Aaron Jones – sounds like he should be okay, but if Aaron Jones was out, you're yeah. almost smashing A.J. Dillon in every single lineup you could possibly find. And I think the one staring us in the face is the most popular. It's not in the main slate, but of course, Cincinnati, Buffalo, everybody like, you Ooh. know, kind of, yeah. I mean, if they, if for the one off on Monday night, that'll be a lot of fun. The close fantasy championships. I know. Right. Um, so I will say like, I think the sneaky one for me is Chicago, Detroit. I think because you can get Justin, you can get a naked Justin Fields or even Justin Fields with Cole Komet, bring back the sun God, bring back DJ Chark uh and you i mean you're getting four or five pieces out of this game even without touching the backfields which if you want to go and touch either one of them you know it montgomery got a lot of taken away with khalil herbert's first game back but you could probably play montgomery his price isn't like the best for what's around him though and then if you want to go detroit i'll ask you rich do you go swift or do you just go jamal williams and hope he gets two touchdowns <laughs> yeah i mean swift we didn't bring up in any of that uh, running back conversation you know what to do with him uh, you know, uh, are you playing Swift over any of the running backs like you you highlighted earlier? I mean, I can run you down my ranks right now just to <laughs> tell you where. I, so I have Swift. Uh, where did he finally check in? Because I go. So my ranking process for everybody out there, they always ask. I go rank by gut, do my projections, resort, mm-hmm. and then pull up from like because it lets me see the differences of where my projections versus my feel is. And then I'll kind of like play the balance between the two. So I have Swift at 29. He sandwiched, just to give you an idea, he sandwiched between Singletary, Moss, Swift, 
Foreman, Jamal Williams. Like, I almost go Swift, Jamal Williams, back-to-back. And that's only because Swift still has the ceiling. I know, like, we could get two touchdowns for Jamal Williams. But even with two touchdowns, it's like 60 yards. Swift still has that 100-plus yards, still has it. Week 1, week 13, look at those games. He still has that out there for him. Let me ask you. I'm in a championship game this Mm -hmm. weekend against the birthday boy today, Matthew Barry. You know, uh, not humble brag, but... Uh, it's a tight end premium league and it's got multiple flex spots. Like we talked about and I have the, I've been going back and forth. I have Deandre Swift and I have Evan Ingram Oh are, wow! Are pushing me in any Ta- direction there. I think I go Evan Ingram, honestly, in that matchup. There's tight end premium too. So that's why. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I have, but I'm the same boat as you. Like I look at Deandre Swift and I'm like, Champion, we want to score as many points as we can, right? Like, there's a low floor here, but also super low maybe. floor. Well, here, I think that goes back to what we talked about earlier. Like, me personally, I don't know about you, me personally, I could live with seeing him score 20 points on my bench just because yeah. I know that's if you talk about just simple math version, that's like what 15% of his games this year. Like, so if that, like, no, even less than that. So, like, the odds of that happening are very slim compared to Evan Ingram and a tight end premium has been doing that, especially late in this year. So I could live with Swift on my bench. I can't live with him in my lineup going, man, I got, as uh, Lauren says on my show, Campbellized. She says Dan Campbellized instead of cannibalized. I love it. We get Campbellized again. He, what was it, two weeks ago, Rich? I'm watching that game and I'm like, oh my God, there's a two and then the second number. It's de- Oh no, it's Justin nope. Jackson running it in. Like that's, I can't do that. I can't live with that anymore. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's pain. It's pain. He was like a popular Thanksgiving play, and every time it's like, oh, this right? is a lot of Justin Jackson. Uh, yeah, so listen, uh, you, we'll, we'll close it up here. You, you can only play – you have to play one player, and you have to put him in every DFS lineup. That's that's the rule. Who is the mm. player you're going to this weekend? Wow. Uh, you know what? I really want to say I'm on Ron St. Brown or Garrett Wilson. We've talked about them so much. Uh, but I'll bring up a name we haven't, Travis Etienne. And I know he's biting people, but – if you talk about it, what do the Houston Texans do? Oh, by the way, the most yards given up to rushing by 240 this is the next closest team. The most rushing touchdowns by three, like 18. They've given up six running back touchdowns, com- passing and rushing combined in the last three games. And who is Travis Etienne sharing the backfield with? Technically, no one. It's like Jamichael <laughs> Hasty here and there. The first time around, he went 10 for 71 on the ground and three for 43 through the air while splitting with James Robinson in that game. That was still while the split was happening. I, I think ETN's going to, I haven't, I'll, to give you an idea, in my weekly rankings, I go McCaffrey, Barkley, Eckler, Connor, Cook, Stevenson, ETN number seven. That's how much I think of ETN this week. Yeah, I have him six, so I'm on board. There you go. Too. He's had over 80% of the backfield touches in six straight games. Uh, it's not a must-must-win for the Jaguars, but it's definitely a game that, that they want to win. And, you know, a lot of people were saying, like, you know, save these guys for Week 18. The Jags still have, like, a backdoor, like, wild card yeah. odds. Plus, they lost to the Texans. Like, you Yeah, know, you can't. You can't go zero and two against the Texans to feel good about, it, even if you do win the division next Trevor week. Trevor Lawrence yeah, has like, never beaten them yet. They're zero and three. I know. Like, this is this is the week. This is the week. <laughs> so I think they're going to play, and, and the Jaguars obviously are at this stage with what Doug Peters is building. Like I don't think they're resting any guys this week for sure. Um, not at all. So I love it. I love no. that. I love that call for DFS too, because he's another guy people just aren't going to get to because he isn't really hit for people. So they're like, ah, I'm out. <laughs> um, I love it. Listen, it is a uh, happy new year's to everybody. So yes. it is, it is going to be a new year. Hopefully everyone is safe. You know, everyone be safe this weekend. I got to get you on the way out here because you and I have a lot of, you know, overlap in terms of, you know, you know, pop culture, movies, TV and stuff. So I got to ask you, you know, some of your favorite things from 2022, like, uh, if you saw a good movie, read a good book, uh, some of your favorite TV shows, any good video games, man, tell me what was, uh, the highlight. I know Listen, you got engaged. Nothing beat that. But tell me no, what's the nothing, highlights nothing. of uh, I would have to start with the the engaged part of it. Uh, like people came for me and was like, oh, it's just fan service. I don't care. That's why I watch Marvel movies is for fan service. I don't watch yeah. superhero movies for the depth of character. Yeah. The Spider-Man movie was the best Marvel movie, in my opinion, to date of the No Way Home. I love that. Uh, I'm super excited to see the next Spider-Verse one for next year. Oh, yeah. Uh, video game wise, uh, what was I recently? Oh. 
you'll love this because it's from the creators of Rick and Morty is the the shooter what the hell is it I can't remember what the name of it is I just it's uh, it's, it's on Xbox Game Pass um but the guns all talk to you the entire game and the one main gun sounds like Morty and it oh, is, is like, if you don't, is it yeah yeah <laughs> if you don't if you don't like Rick and Morty you're not gonna like the game but I will say that was a hell of a lot of fun um and I'm trying to think what else was there. Like, I, oh man, I just, there's so much good stuff this year. Like, oh, I just saw Puss in Boots. That was actually good. Oh, nice. It was actually good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Take your, oh, definitely take your kids. It's def, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a fun one. Do not go see the, uh, the world one, the uh, strange world oh, one. Strange world. That was, Mass on that do, one. do you want a spoiler alert? I mean, you listen, want, everyone, you're hearing this spoiler alert. It's a that the essential point of the movie is they're living inside of a giant tortoise in the middle of the ocean that they're killing it because they're using the electricity from its body. Like that's yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm super excited to watch Andor. I haven't been able to get to that yet. Uh, I would definitely uh, think that you'll be excited. Andor Andor is one of the few things I did get to watch during football season. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, you know, it's been an interesting year because, you know, not movies haven't bounced back. Theater movies haven't bounced back yet, you know, yeah. uh, theater releases. So hopefully we get that. Most. I haven't seen the new Avatar. I know that it's, it is. Listen, I'm going to see it. I'm a pop culture fiend. I'm going to go see it. Uh, I, really I don't want care to too. what I thought about the first one or not. It, you know, I'm definitely <laughs> going to check it out. But uh, yeah, I thought that was good. I, 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 I thought Station Eleven was phenomenal. I don't know how many people got to that this year, but uh, if you can circle back, uh, Station Eleven was incredible. Uh, back to the year, I'm super excited for Last of Us. Are you excited for Last of Us? Oh, I, I'm so excited that like Nicole obviously didn't play the games, but I made her Neither watch my the. I, I but I made her watch the game one like recap of game one before if you played the second one, and I stopped right before. I'm not going to give the spoiler away. I stopped right yeah. before the decision at the end of the game, just so you know. But so she got caught up on it, and then I showed her the trailer, and she's like, oh. I'm in for this. And I'm like, get done. Like last of us. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited for last of us. So my son, my, my 17 year old is playing it for the first time. Cause he wants to watch the show with us. And, uh, I was all excited, you know, so he, he fired it up and I'm in the other room. Like it's kind of like, I'm trying to gauge his reaction to the opening of the game. And yeah, he was oh. freaking out. He was freaking out, man. And I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> like, even when I was showing Nicole the recap, she was like, wow, this is dark. And I was like, it's uh it's it's a heavy a heavy and emotional game. It's it's pretty yeah. Don't go yeah. into it thinking it's your typical zombie type of thing. It's yeah. not. Super excited for that. But uh yeah, listen, it's been a it's been a really good year. I know it's been a good year for Mr. Jake Seal. I appreciate you taking the time, brother. Uh as always, let the people know what you got going on here these last couple weeks of the football season and if there's anything in the playoffs uh, we need to know about. Yeah, I would say uh, uh, if I, at the athletic uh, over at, at all in kid on Twitter, but yeah, um, the rankings, I had fun with, right. I did that. That was the one thing. If you want random, stupid and fun rankings that you can still go through every, all the 16 weeks before this, I rank something stupid and fun every single week, like worst Christmas movies this year. Like I did worse stuff, like terrible, like, so over that's at the athletic and then the all in football podcast, which that's free. That's over on YouTube. You can listen to it on all the networks out there, the podcasting platforms and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, Rich, I, I, pop culture, if it's not involved in my show, if you don't like it, then don't watch. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it, man. So listen, Happy New Year to you, Jake. Happy New Year to everyone out there. We hope the new year starts off with everyone closing up uh, some fantasy titles. If you're not in your fantasy titles, I hope you hit those cash lines in DFS. I hope everyone still tips up something over really big, you know, these last couple of weeks that we have full slates, you know, especially try, you know, we just came off Christmas to try to get some of that Christmas cash back. Uh, good luck, everyone. Uh, we actually will not be back fantasy wise for the rest of the season. So you can catch me back with uh, Dan Pazuta breaking down, you know, the playoff games on the, the, the main feed. So this is it for the fantasy show. Good luck, everyone. We had a great year. Uh, win those titles.